Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and our guest today is Terry Blanchett, a heritage preservation specialist who owns a business called Time Sorters. She helps people decide which family heirlooms to hold on to and then how to preserve them from the ravages of time. She's going to share with us some of the secrets of her trade, but first a little bit about her. Terry was born in Idaho, raised in Southern California. She has a BA and a master's in U.S. history, as well as a certification in museum studies and archiving. During her career, she's worked with museums and historical societies in Pennsylvania and partnered with the Smithsonian Institute on project at the Heinz History Center in Pittsburgh. She now lives in Stafford, serves clients throughout the area. Terry is a member of a number of professional organizations, including the Virginia Conservation Association, as well as the American Association for State and Local History. Terry came to our notice while teaching a class at the McLean Community Center. She'll be teaching more classes there this fall. We'll talk a little bit about that and give her a chance to kind of promote that a little bit. But Terry, thanks for being with us. Pleasure. Thank you. Mentioned uh, before we started rolling, this is a, a really interesting topic that uh, I know it's uh, for me personally, but a, a topic of interest for everybody as, as we get older. Yeah, I think it's really, um, it's becoming more and more relevant, actually, um, mostly out of historic reasons. Mm. Um, namely, we've got a clash in uh, generations. We've got uh, two generations that are retiring at the same time. We've mm. got the um, it's the boomers. And mm-hmm. so the boomers go from 1946 to 1964. Mm-hmm. And the 46ers have already retired, but also now they're, most of them are still living. Uh, a lot of them are still living and they have stuff. And then you have the uh, tail end of the boomers, which is 1964, and they're retiring and they're looking to get rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty pretty big historic clash uh, right now and having too much stuff hanging around. I guess that's good for the... Uh um, thrift stores, uh, <laughs> auction houses, place, places like that that are, you know, in the business of getting rid of stuff. Yeah, it, it, initially it was. Mm. Uh, it's getting, they're getting overwhelmed, actually. Mm. Um, and then on the tail end of the boomers, you've got uh, the next generation who are going minimal. And uh, uh, yeah. so, you know, gone are the people that you can foist the old china cabinet off onto, you know, or the <laughs> right, massive 12-person right. right. uh, dining set. And so there's there are issues now. And, of course, I don't deal with the big pieces, mm-hmm. um, but we do talk about options for them, uh, for individuals, clients of mine, to talk about what they can do with those big mm-hmm. pieces. Okay. Um, most of what I deal with are the little things yeah. or the smaller things, yeah. So that's the business. That time, is the business. Time, time sorters. sorters yeah. yeah. So how did that come about? Uh, well, it's kind of funny. It was actually um, a reaction to something that happened to me personally. My, my own father showed up at my doorstep with my grandfather's box of goodies. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'll just put this in the area that all of my boxes of goodies are hanging out. Um, the other, you know, several dozen boxes of family photos and trinkets and so forth. And then I realized, you know, I really should be doing something about these because I, I know how to do this for museums. I know how to mm. take care of collections. I know how to uh, help people with them. Right. I wasn't doing it with my own stuff. Mm. And then the next step, logical step, was, <laughs> nope, a lot of people aren't doing it. Um, and they don't know how. <laughs> right. So right. that was really kind of what started it all. Okay. 
Right. So how, how how did you make a business out of it, though? I mean, how, how did how did that how did you get that first client that said, "Hey, you know, pay me to help you do this or whatever"? Uh, well, it was really great because I there are um, some people that I had in the museum knew from the museum field, mm-hmm. and they said, "You know, look, I've got I've got family members or friends who are you know not quite sure what to do with this. I don't have time to deal with them. <laughs> Could you mm-hmm. talk to them?" Right. And I did, and and it it just has kind of grown out of um, initially thinking, you know. Um, I can help with a few things to really every client has got a different situation of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it, it was interesting tra- starting the business because nothing like this exists. Uh, mm-hmm. There are people who do um, – they do do some things with book binding. They're, they're conservationists and that sort of thing that do right. that work, and they're very, very important people. Um, but there aren't a lot of people that have – museum background and knowledge that I have that aren't working for museums that mm-hmm. are out there just working for the public. And it's actually, for me personally, it's much more rewarding to help people directly um, deal with the stuff as museums already know how to deal with right. it. Right. Well, you mentioned earlier you don't really deal with the big stuff, you know, yeah. like the China cabinets and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. this this background you talked about and not a lot of people kind of doing that, What what's this, this kind of niche that we're talking about? Well, uh, so what I end up doing, it's it, it really is meeting whatever needs the client has. So we so there's something that I talk about called that I call history therapy, which mm-hmm. is really going in and talking to them about what are the options, what do you have, what's bothering you the most, mm-hmm. what are what are the issues you're having. So some people have kids who do want things, mm-hmm. uh, or family members that'll take stuff, and their issues are more about, um, you know, how do I deal with. Um, you know, 500 photo albums uh, or, you know, um, and it all comes down to really um, I'm finding a basic, um, addressing a basic question, which is, do I have to keep it? Mm. Um, And that's where kind of the history That's a tough question. Yeah, it is. It is. And actually more often than not, the answer is no. And that alone is a relief for people to realize that that, you know, they've got these things, but there is a logic you can apply to it to figure out what you should be keeping and should as far as what you think is should, you know, not as what there's any sort of written rules or anything. So that's why a lot of it is a lot of conversation initially talking about what they have, what they're concerned about, uh, what's bothering them the most, and then offloading some of those things in various ways. Mm-hmm. Do you do you just scan all the papers and photos and then get rid of the, the physicals? Um, are there some that you want to keep? Um, what do I do with this ugly old painting? Um, you know, and then and and with things like the bigger pieces too. You, we've got things like Antiques Roadshow and mm-hmm. uh, these things where everybody is convinced right. that they've it's, got the big money item, right? Yeah, um, and really, I help them to connect to people who can also answer those specific questions. So mm-hmm. I I do some of some digitization, digital restoration, okay. organizing. That's what I do. But then I also connect them with other professionals who can help them deal with other stuff beyond that. Hmm. Um, and it, it really is just a conduit into into addressing whatever issues they have. Um, and sometimes it's not with me. Sometimes it's just me sharing information mm-hmm. that helps them go work with whoever they need to be working right. with. Yeah. Um, interesting, this, this museum background um, – I'm sure there are differences, maybe similarities. Um, a museum collection, archive mm-hmm. materials versus a personal 
collection, archive, <laughs> those kind of things. I mean, a similarity and a difference that you can... Uh, uh, yes, a similarity and a difference. Uh, the similarity is that it's a collection. So mm. all collections are collections. I mean, that's just kind of a basic idea. Uh, museums um, are tasked with um, telling a story. They're, they're tasked mm. with covering a, a particular area in history or a particular... Um, region or something like that. They have a specific focus on their history. So oftentimes people think that if they have something of historic value that a museum's going to want it. And that's not always the case because they don't always have... Museums are are restricted on their resources and space Mm -hmm. and expense as well. So they're not always going to want your stuff either. Um, So I kind of help people deal with that shocker. Yeah, Yeah, because it's like, you know, why would they they not want it? I spent my whole lifetime collecting all this stuff. Yeah, why would they want the Jim Person stuff, right? I mean, who wouldn't? So so I kind of help people come come to grips with some of that stuff. But... um, on the personal side, the similarity with museums is that we really do need to be a curator of our own our own histories. Hmm. Um, I just actually wrote a blog piece about this, um, literally finished it just a couple days ago. But the, the idea that curators, when you go into a museum, you don't walk into a museum and you just see a whole bunch of boxes right. um, with things marked. Somebody has gone through it. They've organized it. They've They've taken care of it in some way. They've design the story that they want these items to tell. And so that's that's the difference. Museums have already done this organization. Mm-hmm. They've culled their collections. You know, they don't keep everything. They can't. Um, and so they've done the organization tidying up storytelling, and we don't. We have the big, ugly boxes in the basement mm-hmm. that just shout, almost shout at us. Right. Um, and so my... Um, purpose, really, with Time Sorters is to start um, helping people curate their own collections, help Mm -hmm. them um, to organize it, to understand what story they want to tell. Um, If they want to keep the items, how do you keep it? You know, what is the best storage option? Um, There are what I call good, better, and best. There are good things you can do right away that aren't costing a lot of money. There's some better things that cost a little bit. And then there's the full-on, you know, museum treatment with the um, you know, with the, the, the special cases or, you know, that white sort of thing. White gloves. Oh, white gloves. Yeah, that's <laughs> always a big one. So, I mean, it, it just, it varies. And so what I end up doing is when I'm talking to people about these things, we, we come to an agreement somewhere in there, um, the intersection of what to keep and, and how to keep it. And then um, they feel better. They're dealing mm-hmm. with it and they can kind of move forward. Let's dive into the how in a minute, but let's do the what first. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, one, two, couple of examples. What sure. are we talking about that we should keep? Well, and, and should's always kind of a rough word, but um, yeah. but yeah, um, things that we that we probably would want to keep would be better. Way, um, better, <laughs> better, better not, nicely said. Thank you. Um, things that we probably want to keep would be things that are um, rarer in in access for us. So, for instance, um, old old photos. You mm-hmm. know, there's we're we're drawn to the to the old um, heavy card photos from the um, 1800s and, you know, early 1900s. Um, we didn't have a lot of photography early on, of course, yet. So those are a little bit rarer. Those are harder to come by. Those mm-hmm. I always recommend people hang on to because okay. um, museums would even like them. If you have a whole bunch that, that you don't know who these people are, right. um, museums are oftentimes looking for those kind of materials because they are rarer to come across. Not rare as in financially valuable necessarily, but just um, less, say, than the the fabulous 70s, 80s, and 90s where we were getting, um, you know, everybody had 
cameras. Um, there were double prints and triple prints of everything made. Right. And we were, it's just a glut. So a lot of times I, that's kind of where we start is the photos. Um, other items are things, um, anything that they have, um, military uniforms, mm. um, old toys, mm. um, you know. And there, there are ways to keep those things um, safe. But um, again, not necessarily because you think they're going to be worth a whole lot. So we right. get we delve into a lot of the reasons behind that. But. Okay, um, well, let's take a couple of these examples: photos, sure. and I'll just pick toys yeah. since you said that one. Uh, and you had said um, how to storage, and you mentioned storage options. Yeah, like good, yeah. better, best, or, yep. or whatever that kind of thing. So let's let's start with photos. Sure. Oh, photos. Okay. Well, photos. The the easiest thing to do with photos, um, if there are really old ones, of course, the old <laughs> ones aren't usually in photo albums. Mm-hmm. Um, if, by the way, you have a photo album, like those black page photo albums are really cool, don't take them apart. People like to pull the photos out because they mm. think the photos um, need to be prepared separately. Leave the photo album intact. Somebody put it together, it tells a story on its own. Oh, yeah. uh, you take the photos out, you lose the story. Because a lot of times, you know, they have the black pages with the right printing all over it. That's the story. That's yeah. the history. It may be in some kind of order as well. Exactly. Yeah, some yeah. sort of There's some sort of methodology okay, to it. Somebody yeah. took a lot of time. So, so those you know, um, very simple. We do. I recommend people get them scanned because you can share them easier with family members. Uh, you're not riffling through them all the time and 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 getting them um, even more damaged right. than perhaps they already are. Um, and they get they get stored. So that the first thing is to, to for those older photo albums, uh, leave them intact, get them scanned, and then put them into a box, a nice box that'll that they'll stay safe. That means basically not out of light and no dust. So that's okay. the good thing. That's pretty easy stuff to do. Yeah, okay. A, a better thing might be to look at the materials you're storing that old photo album in. Um, they really ought to be archive quality. Mm. And it's really funny. One of the terms that are out there is called acid-free, and acid-free is just being bantied about. Um, right. Acid-free has to do with paper. All right, so if um, paper naturally, when it breaks down, becomes very acidic, and it shortens the fibers and it breaks apart. And you, old newspapers mm-hmm. are a really good example yeah. of that. But um, in the case of old photo albums, you want to do something better with them. You want to put them in kind of an archive quality material. There's no there's no pulp paper pulp in there. The paper the box is actually made out of um, a material uh, like a cotton of mm-hmm. variation. So there's no acid in there because the acid's in the wood yeah. pulp. Yeah. All right. And then and you might want to just put it in a nice uh, acid free um, box, but inside of a uh, a bag that actually is, uh, I know oh. bags people are like plastic, oh, oh my yeah. God. Um, there are certain kinds of what they call safe plastics yeah. that don't off gas. So you can put it in that, put it in a box and it's on. Oh. And then the best option would be, you know, where you've got it almost hermetically sealed somewhere, <laughs> you right, know. Right. Um, and that's really more often than not, not even necessary um, mm. unless it's truly historic value. Um, and then just a word on the uh, more recent photos that, that you have. Take those out of those ridiculous, what they just call magnetic photo albums, which are really just glue and plastic mm, um, mm-hmm. film over the top because the glue and the plastic are both destroying those photos. Wow. So the good thing, take them all out of those. Mm. Better thing, you might want to sort them, scan some of them. And the best thing is then to put them in acid-free boxes. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier um, – Getting rid of stuff. I know. So, 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 say we go through, you know, Uncle Fred's, you know, three boxes of photos, and we mm-hmm. determine that, you know, fifty are worth, you know, worth in air quotes here. Sure. You know, have some historical value, family meanings, you know, some reason for us to keep them. We 
archive them in some way. We digitize them. We've got this other two and a half boxes or whatever <laughs> that don't have any meaning for us. Mm-hmm. Um, two questions. Is it safe to just go ahead and – well, maybe three questions. <laughs> Is it safe to just go ahead and get rid of them? How do we get rid of them? And shouldn't we determine if they're valuable in some way, not necessarily monetarily, mm-hmm. to somebody else other than us. And the only reason I ask that is because I'm, I'm thinking back to the County Conversation podcast we just had with the Virginia Room librarian, mm-hmm. who they're always looking for historical things from Fairfax County for the Virginia Room. Mm-hmm. So whether you think it might not have any value to you and your family, does it have some value to somewhere? So I know that's a lot of questions there. So. Yeah, no, that's, it's pretty. It's they and they're all related. All mm-hmm. of those questions are related. In fact, the first one and the third one are directly related. Um, when you t- when we when I talk to people about their their photos, um, really the thing to discern, discern, as you had already said, is if it means something to you. If you know the people in it, mm-hmm. you know the house, you know the story. Um, keep those. Obviously, those are the easy part. But the the other two and a half dozen boxes right. of old photos you don't need or don't want any longer. Yeah, they historic societies um, love old photos. Generally speaking, now they're not. You know, I never recommend having been a, uh, in the museum field. I never tell people don't do the stop and drop maneuver of donating, right. um, which is sneaking up in the middle of the night and leaving it on the doorstep. Right. Um, that's not helpful. But what you do want to do is have a conversation with first start with your local historic society or regional or even the state. Say, I have these photos. Are you interested? Should we, you know, what should I look for? I can tell you right now um, that museums do not want the blurry dog picture. Um, they don't want the odd angle that has cut off somebody's head and or, you know, whatever. But it's an artistic I, <laughs> and if you love it that much, blow it up and frame it. But right. frankly, nobody else wants it. So, um, you know, you can initially do some of that that initial culling and say, okay, mm. you know, I don't need to keep this photo just because it was grandmom's, you know, or, or it was great aunt so and so's. Um, if it's if it doesn't mean anything to me, it's not a good picture. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, I just can't even tell what's in here, and it's a bunch of blurry faces. Feel free. You have my permission. Throw it away. Okay. Um, and by the way, you nice. can't recycle photos because of the chemicals. Oh. So they unfortunately do have, have to, to go into the trash. into the trash, right? Wow. But um, before you do anything, like I said, with any of the photos, call through this first. Get rid of the ones that don't mean anything, and then talk to your um, historic society's archive archivists. Love um, old images sometimes. Mm. Um, even that photo. If you say, okay, my family was mostly from you know, um, Fairfax in, in this case, and um, uh, there's a picture of an old house. I don't know what it is. Talk to the archivist because that may be the only photo of that old house mm-hmm. that they actually would know what it is gotcha. or might be interested in, in including that in their collection. Right. Okay. Um, so definitely that's the, that's the first place that I suggest people go to on photos after mm-hmm. they've done some calling themselves. Right. Okay. Um, well, time's moving fast. I want to make sure we get to several other things. Uh, toys. You mentioned toys. toys. So uh, toys. good, bad, ugly of how to store or yeah. you know, something like well, that. Well, at toys, the biggest thing with toys is, is um, the condition of the toys. Mm. Um, and if if it's something that you really loved as a child, by all means, keep it. Um, I'd be wary of, of anything that was stuffed and or had um, uh, materials involved in it because they, they do tend to pick up. Um, bugs and things like that that can actually continue to degrade the item. Mm. Um, so if you can figure out, you can you know 
there are people that I know that, that can help you figure out how to clean it and then put it away properly. Most toys, though, unless they are in pristine condition and in uh, their original packaging, uh, I'll tell you right now, are not really valuable monetarily. And a lot mm. of people think, oh, because it, it's an right, old toy, it right. would be great. So that's another thing to be aware of. Don't make the mistake of keeping things because you think there might be a value. Um, take the time to either find out about it or get rid of it and move on. Mm. Uh, but it's those things that keep us tied to those boxes of things in the mm-hmm. attic. Oh, it's someday I'm going to get to that. And so I don't want to get rid of it. I'll just leave it where it is. Uh, and that's kind of our fatal mistake. We need to right. really just face these things and take care of them. My my collector side, or as my family might say, my hoarder side, <laughs> is just being pained right now about this, you know, going through this stuff and getting rid of it. And, you know, there's yeah. no value. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, some things folks have, and you mentioned toys, mm-hmm. pristine con- condition. You know, as a collector, you always look to, you know, go from a level four condition to a seven condition to an eight to a nine, you know, mm-hmm. to get better condition as you can afford it, that kind of thing. But if you have things that you think are valuable, check to see if they're valuable. Mm-hmm. But then is there a restoration component somewhere in here that we're talking about with any of these items? that we're- Yeah, I'm, I'm- so on photos, um, it's digital restoration. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot you can do to to an image that has been has lost its um, original qualities right. just through chemical process and so forth. So uh, fortunately, we've got some great software these days that um, actually uh, allow us to take take off some of those um, layers of damage and get it literally digitally restored. Hmm. And that and you can restore um, tears in photos and replace image um, pieces of images and that sort of thing, which we do a lot of time sorters. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as restoration of other items, um, and, and it, it depends on the item itself, but um, restoration could be as simple as getting, giving it a good um, quality cleaning, mm-hmm. uh, restoring it back to its original luster and or color. Mm. Um, if you're going to go beyond that, like uh, really working on to repairing or getting rid of rust or things like that, when you start getting involved in that, that's when you want to find a conservator. And mm-hmm. that's something that I help people do. Um, as, as, as a member of the Virginia Conservation Association, there's a whole group of people out there who specialize in pretty much anything you can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it's one of those things where I help be a conduit to them, to, to my clients, to get the right um, people involved. But that could be anything from uh, repairing paintings, uh, literally repairing the tears and restoring uh, what imagery should have been there, you mm-hmm. know, so that you can't tell it's ever been torn. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of toys, it's it's getting a lot of um, manufacturing some of the re- pieces that are missing and getting those right. repaired and put back together and getting maybe getting the rust off of the, the mechanical ones. There are times when actually restoring something actually devalues it um, when it's a historic item. And that's, again, when you get the experts involved in these fields, mm-hmm. you don't always want to clean off um, you know, clean and, and shine something. The patina. The patina, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's it's always good to just move a little slowly on something that really means to you. Right. And frankly, Jim, I have to say, if it means enough to you to keep it, then mm. that has value, and you need to you need to understand uh, what you can do. Right. Um, what's really funny is people say, "I don't know if I want to do this. I don't want to do that." I say, "Well, let's get a quote," because oftentimes when mm. you find out how much money something's <laughs> going to cost, you go. Ah, I yeah. now know. Right. I, I now know my it. threshold, and <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to keep it in a nice box right. over here. Right. Right. And that's okay, too. But okay. it's an answer. Yeah. You know. Um, is there a sp- we're talking about restoration. Is there a specific project or restoration or anything that you that you worked on that 
Oh, was, yeah. was fun, interesting. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, I love doing picture restorations. That is oh. like one of my biggest things. Um, I had a client who actually came to, um, uh, I was at the home show. Uh, last year, and uh, she was visiting family, and she actually lives in New Jersey. She had an old photo um, that was pretty severely water damaged, and uh, it, you could tell it was a building. You could tell there was, you know, it's like a storefront, that kind of thing. And she said, my mother uh, was born in uh, in the third floor, um, this window here in the third floor of that room. Uh, this was a family business in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Can you do anything about it? And uh, I was actually able to get the image. I, I have high-resolution scanning, and then I work on a pixel level. And wow. actually, I said to her at one point, I said, who are these two people in the doorway? And she said, there's two people in the right. doorway. You couldn't <laughs> see them before. Um, and so we were able to restore it back to where you could read the family's um, name. Oh, it wow. was, uh, you know, they had a music store. And um, you could tell the building now. And you can, I mean, so she was thrilled because all she wanted was something that she could right. print and keep and show. And I have a second one now waiting for that, which is a, a grandparent's portrait um, from a woman in Minnesota. Wow. How long does something like that take? I mean, uh, I, I'm gosh. sure it depends on the Yeah, the it depends photo. on how the severity of it. But um, that the, the house project actually took about 10 to 12 hours. Um, and this one, the new project I have, I have pieces have come off of this photo. Wow. So I will replace the pieces where they belong and then I'll do the scan and then do the cleaning. So it's going to, it's going to be another long one. It'll probably wow. be 10 or 12 hours Jeez. as well, but it's, it's a labor of love. I love it doing yeah, that sort yeah. of thing because it's one of the few times we can just reach back in history and kind of enliven sure. it again. And sure. you do want to have those restored if it's, if it means enough to you to do yeah. so. Slides. Slides. Oh, my gosh. Slides. Um, slides can be digitally scanned. Uh, the, the, some of the best digital scanning equipment out there actually has racks where you can put up to 24 slides and scan them simultaneously. Mm. Oh, wow. And then it spits out 24 individual images. Mm -hmm. um, slides are the easiest to digital, mm. digitize because the quality is more often than not uh, better than a print photo because okay. we've kept them in carousels or in boxes and generally in the dark. Um, but they can also be digitally restored very easily if they've discolored, mm. uh, and it's they're very sharp images. Yeah. Okay. I did. Uh, I had one client. I did six thousand <laughs> slides. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "What do I do with the originals?" And I said, um, "Yeah, those need to go bye bye." Uh, really? And again, you have to be careful. Oof. You, I know, <laughs> uh, but not in his time. So the good yeah. thing is, is that he said, "I can't bring myself to getting rid of them." Yeah. And I said, "That's okay." tell your kids because if your kids already know they've been scanned they know they don't have to hang on to the physicals right. if they don't want to because they won't mean the same to them as but they images will right. so put them on ebay <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we mentioned earlier in the intro uh, almost out of time want to give you a chance yeah. to talk about it uh, mclean community center right. uh you've got some um uh, speaking engagements or classes or yeah, or actually we do we fall? do uh, hour long classes uh, actually hour and a half long um, ten thirty to noon uh, once a month they're usually a Tuesday oh, wow. and um, each one of those focuses on a different topic some of one's about paper one's about photos one's about oh, uh, textiles so I just go through the whole good better and best and and help people understand. Um, what the best practices are, and then mm -hmm. they get a chance to ask me about specific stuff that they have. What do I do with this, and, oh, wow. and how do I take care of it? So and, okay, and I, that's this fall. That's uh, starting in yeah. October. October. I, think you said. I, I have yeah. a class October and November okay. and December, and each one of those um, are 
as I said, separate topics. And then we start um, continuing, actually, the, uh, the, with four more courses, and they're all different topics. Wow. So you have to attend all seven. Okay. I'll see you there, Tim. Okay. <laughs> well, you can f- uh, find out more from Terry. We'll give uh, uh, details here, phone number, website, and all that. But also, uh, I'm sure you can find out more information at McLean Community Center. So. Absolutely. Uh, final bit of advice, final tip, final thought uh, from you as we as we look at this uh, seemingly daunting task of of stuff we have. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you, um, if you're in doubt, give me a call. And I don't I don't mean that from a, a standpoint of, of um, just shameless self-promotion. But um, we do talk to people about things. We give you the answers. We don't charge for talking. Well, because it's really the historian in me wants to make sure that I help people really know what to do and get out of that stressful situation of how to deal with the family members, I will tell you everything. And then if you need help, then we can help. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that would be my final thought, folks, is just face those things right. and let's let's take care of it. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. All right, Terry, thanks. Appreciate yeah, it. Terry Blanchett with us, a heritage preservation specialist. She's owner of Time Sorters. You can find more about them at timesorters.com. Or if you want to give them a call, 571-336-SORT. That's a great telephone number, 571-336-7678. And uh, find information about classes at McLean Community Center. That's mcleancenter.org. And as always, you can find uh, county older adult services, recreation, community engagement opportunities by dialing 703-324-7948 or online at fairfaxcounty.gov slash olderadults. When you're on that page, be sure to subscribe to the monthly Golden Gazette newspaper, and you'll also find a link from there over to the Fairfax 50 Plus Facebook page. Thanks again for joining us on the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.